The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. Welcome to Spirit of Recovery, offering support for your spiritual growth and addiction recovery. Here's Reverend Dan Beckett. Welcome to the Spirit of Recovery podcast. We're glad you're with us today. I'm Reverend Dan Beckett here with co-host Reverend Michelle Vargas. Together, we share ways that spirituality and addiction recovery intertwine and work together to support your spiritual growth in your own recovery journey. We're basically a couple of recovery nerds and ordained unity ministers sharing our experience, strength, and hope on this spiritual journey of addiction recovery. We hope that something you hear today will be helpful to you on your own recovery journey. We invite your questions, comments, wisdom, and feedback anytime. You can just send an email to spiritofrecoveryunity at gmail.com. And Facebook users, you can message us from our Facebook page, Spirit of Recovery. Just click the send message button right below the banner. Please help us carry the message by following and subscribing to Spirit of Recovery on your favorite podcast platform. Today's episode is titled Gratitude. In honor of Thanksgiving, we're here today to talk about the role that gratitude has played in our addiction recoveries and in our lives. We want to share our experience, strength, and hope on how a thankful mindset has been a game changer on the road to recovery, as well as in life in general. Please email us and let us know what gratitude has done for you. Again, that's spirit of recovery unity at gmail.com. We would love to hear your experiences with gratitude. Yeah, that'd be cool to hear some some feedback from people. Um, oh gosh, gratitude is such a great topic. And I know that they're saying now that science is showing that gratitude even changes our brain structure. Like when we become grateful, it literally shifts the neurology in our brain. So and has so many benefits, so many health benefits and psychological benefits. And, you know, gratitude to me, a big part of gratitude is, um, okay, because you might be going through a difficult time and you might think, well, I don't really feel very grateful today, right? Or I don't, I don't know what to feel grateful for. Things are so hard. And the cool thing about gratitude is it can coexist with difficult times, right? Like having difficult times doesn't mean that we can't find things to be grateful about. And feeling gratitude doesn't mean that there still aren't challenging things that happen. Um, these two things can coexist. And, and so it brings a balance, right? We're not saying happy, happy, like everything's great all the time. Just be grateful. You know, I mean, thing, you know, people have real challenges, real experiences and we all have um you know different types of feelings i don't want to say negative feelings because they're all just feelings right 
But gratitude can be a way to get some perspective on things and to balance out our feelings. And so to me, a big part of gratitude is just noticing the things that we don't notice, right? The things that we take for granted, the things that are just like, oh yeah, that's just, you know, that's just a given and becoming grateful for them. Like just looking around and thinking about all of the wonderful things that we have in our lives, all of the things that make our lives easy, you know, the fact that when we turn on the faucet, clean, potable water comes out. That's not true for the vast majority of human beings on this planet. So, you know, and we've all taken our faucets for granted from the time we were born, right? There's always been water. But when you think about the fact that that's not true for a lot of folks, then it becomes something to be grateful for. My God, I have clean water coming out of a pipe in my house. There are a lot of people on this planet that would give anything for that, you know? And so just things like that, that we have, you know, an abundance of food, that we open the refrigerator and there's something in there to go make for our lunch. Um, It might sound silly, but when you start to look at like other parts of the world where those things are just not even a possibility, it starts to become something to feel really gratitude for. And, and the great thing about gratitude is it's tied to abundance and prosperity also, right? The more grateful we feel for the things that we have, the more we attract things to be grateful for. Yeah, absolutely. I'm glad you said that. Amen to that. There's, it's, there's a, a, a very large, perhaps an endless list of the upsides of gratitude, and there are no downsides of yeah, gratitude right. as long as we're not glossing over what's happening you know if we're right. trying to put a happy face on something that really needs where the truth needs to be told then that's different but that's not what we're talking about i'm i have i have a sponsor dean d and dean d has helped me so many ways with so many things and he's coming to mind now because during times especially earlier on in recovery when i was feeling really down and I would call Dean and tell him, man, I'm just all, nothing seems good and this sucks and my life sucks or whatever. There are a couple of things he would ask me. The first one is he would say, ask, he would ask, what have you done for other people lately? <laughs> and of course the answer is nothing because if I had been doing something for someone else, I wouldn't be all wrapped up in my head about woe is me and my life is this and da 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 but the other thing that he would challenge me with or help me with he would say um get out a pad of paper and a pen i'll wait and i would go get it he say okay <laughs> so i want you to uh when we hang up the phone write a list of 30 things that you're grateful for don't do anything else until that's done and then call me as soon as you have the 30 things. So we'd hang up and I'd sit down and be like, man, I can't think of anything at all. And then I look around and much like you're saying, it's like, well, I have running water. I'll put that. I like these shoes that I'm wearing. I'll put my shoes. Air is really great. I really appreciate <laughs> having air. Wouldn't it suck to not have air? I take it for granted. So I put that and start putting thing and they start to flow a little better. Oh, my mm -hmm. spouse and, you know, the program and my friend so-and-so and, you know, all these things. And I'd get to 30 and just so proud of myself. And I called him back. All right, Dean, I have my list of 30 things thinking he's going to want me to read it to him or something. 
He says, great, now make it 100. And yep, he hung up I the knew phone. that was coming. <laughs> <laughs> the 30 was just a start, but the, the power of that experience for me was I didn't know how I was going to come up with three things, let alone right. 30. And once I made the mental shift to begin looking for things to be grateful for, realizing there are they're right there in front of me. I don't have to fabricate them. I just have to realize and remember, oh, yeah, that is really cool. Yeah. And they started to flow. And to have that turn into 100, man, I hung up and wrote to 100. Yeah. And my entire day changed after yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. One of the things I really love um, that I've heard about gratitude, and I, I'm trying to remember if this came from Lynn Twist's book, The Soul of Money, um, which, you know, I'm a big fan of. Um, Lynn Twist wrote this amazing book called The Soul of Money, which um, really shifted my way of seeing our prosperity teachings, enhanced the way I see them. Um, and she introduced the concept of enough. And so I think I got this from her book, but um, the saying is that gratitude takes what I have and turns it into enough. So to me, this aspect of gratitude is an antidote for our culture of more, right? And even sometimes in prosperity, teachings, we can sometimes think that prosperity means more, right? I need more. Even if we try to get away from material things, we might still say, well, more love, more peace, more friendship, more whatever, but we're still in a mindset of more, right? And Lynn Twist's whole thing in her book is that we are, our culture is a culture of always needing more and never having enough, right? And so this idea that um, when we start to look around at all of the things that we do have and have gratitude for them, we begin to experience enoughness and sufficiency. So I don't need more of this. What I need is to see what I actually do have. Do you know what I'm saying? I do. So it's a and way addiction, of yeah. addiction is a disease of more in a way. Yeah, I had exactly. one counselor tell me that at the end of the day, what she was addicted to is more. Yeah. Yes. Well, it's not just her, it's our whole culture. Our whole consumerist culture is built around the idea of more. If you didn't need more of whatever it is, there would be nothing to drive our economy that's based on that, right? It's based on more, always needing more, more, more. Um, and so just starting to like begin to question, do I really need more or do I need to, because sometimes we have all the things we need, but we've bought into this whole idea that we need more of something, you know, and we haven't even taken stock of what we do have. So that's so much about what the soul of money is about is taking stock of what you have and coming to see what you have already as abundance, not like, okay, well, when I get more, then I will have experienced abundance. No, the abundance is here now. And all it requires is a shift in our way of seeing things. Yeah, I love that. You know, Brene Brown is coming to mind. And so I quickly uh, recalled a couple quotes. One is she said, uh, we're a nation hungry for more joy because we're starving from a lack of gratitude. Mm. Right? Gratitude brings joy in our life. And I love yes, this one, too. 
She wrote, I don't have to chase extraordinary moments to find happiness. It's right in front of me if I'm paying attention and practicing gratitude. So for me, gratitude helps like show me what's already there, but my, I am not seeing it. It's like, it's invisible to me because my mind is so wrapped up in probably, you know, not having enough or something or other, another story of one of my mind's greatest hits. I like to think of my mind. My mind is like a really bad DJ. It has five records and it just plays those same five records over and over again. That's what I've learned from meditation, what those records are. But yeah, it's right in front of me. And if I am willing to simply take a moment, take a breath and look, much like my uh, Dean D's example of the gratitude list, if I'm willing to slow down enough to look, there is an abundance of things right around me to be grateful for. I don't even have to get up from this chair, you know, to see them and mm-hmm. to realize them and experience them. And it, it is truly life-changing. And it helps me, um, you know, find a way out of the sort of mental, the mindsets that would uh, potentially lead me back toward my addiction. It, takes me the opposite direction it's an amazing thing yeah the thing that we learn is that a a mindset of more means that we never have enough ever it doesn't matter how much we have as long as we have this mindset of more we're never going to be you know and i think there's a saying that we can never get enough of what we don't really need yes and so um this is the antidote for that and you know Lynn Twist in her book also talks a lot about um, learning to leverage the resources that we do have. So for example, she goes into these, what we would consider quite impoverished communities, and she teaches them how to, how to change their way of looking at the resources they do have and leverage, learning to leverage them. So when they start doing this, they start looking around and going, oh my God, we have this and we have that. And they start seeing with an abundance mindset, all these things that they already had, but they weren't seeing them as being prosperous or being abundant. They weren't seeing them as resources. So we start to realize all the resources that we do already have, that we don't need more resources so much as we need to learn how to leverage and use the resources that we do have. And and this isn't just material things. You know, I'm recalling the very beginning of, well, sort of the beginning of my journey into ministry was when I lost a job that I had. And I spent a lot, a lot of time brainstorming what I could do for, I had a sense that I was getting called to shift into a new type of work. And I spent a lot of time writing down all of these skills that I had amassed over my lifetime that seemed like they were unrelated you know, but just like writing them down, like as a, like a mind map, you know, writing them down on a big piece of paper. And then I just kept looking at this and going, I have all these skills. This must all add up to something, you know, and it took a long time before I was ultimately led to ministry, which ends up using every one of my skills that I thought had nothing to do with one another, but I use them all in ministry. So I didn't need more training or more intelligence or more anything. I just needed to learn how to leverage the the skills and the resources that I already had. So that comes to mind too for me that we have so much more than we even realize. 
that we have both materially and, you know, spiritually, intellectually, whatever, you know, we, there's just, there already is an abundance there. We don't need to create the abundance. We just need to see the abundance that's already there. Yeah. And we, we, we have this, um, oh, I don't know, way of seeing this idea that says, begin where you are, Mm -hmm. right? Begin with what's right in front of you, no matter what's going on. You know, the, the, a marathon, if I want to run a marathon, I have to begin at the starting line and put one foot in front of the other. That's what a marathon is. And so beginning with what we have is a wonderful way to kind of ground us in the now, right? In the present moment. And for me, at least help me get out of my head. Cause if my, you know, my brain can sort of take off and carry me with it all over the place anywhere, but right here and right now. Mm -hmm. So a gratitude practice helps kind of ground me in the immediacy of where am I now? What's going on around me right now? And there's in, in my experience, there's just inherent joy in that I've never been yeah. like fully in the present moment and you know anxious or depressed or whatever right I've spent a lot of time anxious and depressed but it never coincides with me just sort of being right here right now yeah. accepting all that is exactly as it is without yep. over without my mind overlaying all kinds of assessments judgments meanings etc now that's very challenging to do. I I don't. You it's know, a practice. It's not like I have a switch. It is a practice. It's like I stumble into it. I don't have a switch where I can just flip the switch and all of a sudden I'm in the, you know, fully in the present moment. But I have, you know, a meditation practice, a prayer practice, a practice of noticing what's going on that helps um, to lead me there. Also, I know that gratitude can, uh, for me, <clears throat> reduce stress and get my mind off of, um, you know, if, if my brain has decided to uh, ruminate on a problem, or as we say, um, what do we say about uh, contemplating the wreckage of my future, right, which my brain <laughs> will do a lot. If that's what it's doing, then a, a gratitude practice can literally reduce stress, mitigate all the negative stuff that comes up while my mind is, you know, spinning out a tale of, well, what if this goes wrong? What if that goes yeah. wrong, et cetera? And the bottom line is I end up with um, a lot more peace, peace of mind, simply because I chose to look around and ask, what do I have right here, right now to be grateful for? And th there's always things like Dean D taught me. I can sit and write a hundred things if I need yep. to without getting out of the chair. It's a shift in perception. Yeah. You know what, um, what, robs us of that um is like the antidote not not antidote what do you call it the opposite yeah, whatever the what opposite creates of the is. opposite of gratitude is comparison yeah because i can be sitting here feeling incredibly gr grateful for my little house for my pets for my son my husband my comfy couch you know all these things and then i can get on facebook and see my friends pictures of their homes that are new where the paint is not peeling off the walls and everything matches and i start feeling like there's something wrong with me how come i don't look like that how come my house doesn't look like that how come my life doesn't look like that so comparison is really toxic 
You know, if I start comparing, then what I once thought was so wonderful suddenly doesn't measure up to what others have. And the opposite is true. I could compare myself to folks that have much less than me. And then, but we don't need to compare at all. We just need to be grateful for what we have. So social media can be, I noticed that it can be um, very triggering to me in that way, that I can be feeling really great about things until I get on there and start seeing what other people have. And then all of a sudden, I don't think what I have is enough anymore. So what do we say? Comparison is the thief of joy. That's what I was trying to say. The thief of, yes. And, and I've noticed that it doesn't matter whether my brain is telling me I'm coming out below somebody else like you're sharing Uh or if my brain's telling me that I'm coming out ahead of them I still lose I still lose no matter what in the program I've heard a couple helpful things about that one is um, the way it was put was I I don't want to go around comparing my inside to other people's outside because I am aware of what's going on within me I'm not aware of what's going on within them and so if I look and say well that person like well-dressed and they seem like they have a great life and they know what's going on and they know what they're doing. And I don't know anything. And I'm a huge mm-hmm. mess. That That's a complete waste of time because I have no idea what's going on with that person. Yep. And I just need to let it go. The other way I've heard that expressed is you, you can't compare the, I can't compare the reality of my day-to-day life with someone else's highlight reel, highlight reel, which exactly. is what, which is what social media is. Yes, it is. If we put all the, we all the things that make us look great you know oh here's my kids enjoying a wonderful afternoon at the creek what you don't see is all the fighting that went on to get there yes all the complaining on the way home you know you just get yeah a little glimpse of a little nobody puts that up there no and i do it too you know i mean i don't even mean to but i do it too you know i put I put pictures of us happy and smiling. I don't put when my husband and I are mad at each other or my kids driving me crazy or the dog pooped on the carpet. I mean, you don't take a picture of that and put it on social media. So you're right. That's the nature of it. And it's really true that there's so much going on behind. I mean, I remember I had, there was, you know, just, I just remember this one time where I thought this friend of mine had this perfect life and, um, you know, I was like, how come that's not my life? And how come I'm not married and blah, blah, blah. And then ended up having dinner with her and her, and she confided in me that she and her husband were separating, that they were having a horrible time. And I was like, oh my God. And I've been like envying this, what I saw on social media that, oh, the way I thought things were. And that was really a wake up call for me that we just never know what's going on with other people. Right. So comparing ourselves is never a good idea. So more reason to um, get right back to the here and now with our gratitude practice. And if you're listening and you need a, you know, so how am I going to do that? I I need practical steps. Like I hear all kinds of great ideas, like let go and let God. And I'm like, that's nice. Exactly. How do I do that? That's what I need. Do the, do the, take it from a page from Dean D's book and write a gratitude list just that right by itself i've seen people you know post five happy things you know put on social media just list five things you're grateful for do that each morning there are all kinds of stuff you can do well let us shift gears and move into what we like to call recovery in a nutshell where we if you have a short attention span just listen for the next two minutes and you'll get a (laughs) recap of the whole thing 
This is where we try to summarize the pieces of all that we've discussed that we found most helpful in a concise manner. So Reverend Michelle, if someone came to you and said, look, man, in a nutshell, I don't get it. How can gratitude help me get sober? What would you say? Well, I don't think I'm inventing this. I think I heard somewhere something about putting on our God glasses. And so becoming gratitude is literally like putting on a pair of glasses that have a certain filter in them. They allow us to see what previously wasn't seen. So, and again, I want to reiterate that this is not about bypassing. This doesn't mean that you don't have real problems, that there aren't real hard things, hard feelings, trauma, all kinds of things. This is not to layer over that or to bypass that. This is to help balance that, to help put it all into a better perspective. Because let's face it, when we're going through hard times, that's all we see, right? So this is about putting on our God glasses and seeing what we have through new eyes, seeing which is the eyes of gratitude and seeing all the good that we do have, not to paper over the bad things that or the real problems that we have, but to bring some balance and some perspective to it. Yes, there is this hard thing over here that is happening and I need to be present to my feelings and I need to get support around it and I need to take action to make this thing better. And look at all the good that I do have in my life. And let me hold both of those at the same time. And that makes for a much more balanced, much clearer picture that helps us deal with the harder things. Yeah, so. I'm so glad you said that. And and I realized that it, that had kind of gotten out of my mind. Right. Gratitude is not a practice to cover up that right. which we find troubling. Like you said, it's we we don't want to, you know, bury or pretend. That I'm, you know, if I'm worried about something, pretend that I'm not, it's bringing in more information, I guess. There's more to it. There's more going on than just the thing that my brain has decided to fixate and worry about. And if I can start to shine a light on some of those things, then yes, I'm still maybe have a concern about this or that, but that's not the only thing that's going on. Mm -hmm. What came to me was this phrase Um, that I've heard both in the rooms and in a unity context, change your mind, change your life. Yeah. Right. In the scripture from the apostle, be transformed by the renewing of your mind, Mm -hmm. your perception. And Jesus talking about, if you just had eyes to see those who have ears to hear, if I could perceive the kingdom, it would be right here, right now, all Mm -hmm. around me. And I'm in the middle of it. A practice that has helped me at times. Somebody said, you can wake up in the morning and decide what kind of day you're going to have. Just pick it, decide. Don't think, well, what do I have to do? And let my to-do list tell me what kind of day I'm going to decide. I am going to have a great day, no matter what. And and just doing that has the power to transform my entire day. Where Where my mind goes, that's where my life goes. I just realized that I'm always trying to recruit my husband in that. I'm always telling him, like, can we have a really good day today? Can we have a fun day today? And that's sort of my way of trying to bring him on board, you know, like, okay, yeah, we, I know we need to do these things, but can we make it fun, please? Because, yeah, we can decide. We can decide that, you know, even though we have errands or things we have to take care of, we can make it fun. Yes. There's, you know, and we make that choice. So I like that. Well, we have an affirmation for you, and it goes like this. Gratitude transforms my journey, fueling my recovery with hope, 
strength, and a renewed sense of purpose. That is a wonderful and true statement. It's happened for me over and over. Gratitude transforms my journey, fueling my recovery with hope, strength, and a renewed sense of purpose. Amen. Yes. Well, it's happened again. You've given yourself the gift of another episode of Spirit of Recovery, or at least we'd like to think of it that way, and we're grateful. We hope that you found something in all of our chattering today that you find genuinely helpful. We bless you wherever you are on your recovery journey. And as always, we invite your questions, comments, wisdom, and feedback anytime. You can find us on our Facebook page, Spirit of Recovery, or you can email us at spiritofrecoveryunity at gmail.com. And please help us carry the message by following and subscribing to Spirit of Recovery on your favorite podcast platform. We're so glad you joined us today and hope you will join us again. Until then, don't drink like my co-host. And please, whatever you do, don't drink like my co-host. I've heard the stories. You don't want to hear them. <laughs> you just want to go back and do it with me. <laughs> Instead, have yourself a wonder-filled week. We spend a third of our lives sleeping and dreaming, yet most of us have no idea what goes on during that time. I'm Kelly Sullivan Walden, and as a dream expert and best-selling author, I'm here to empower you to mine the gold from your nighttime dreams. Join me on the Kelly Sullivan Walden Show, part of the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network, available wherever you get your podcasts. Until we meet again, don't take your dreams lying down.